know. Should we welcome everybody? Yeah. Welcome. I know. I'm welcome like, everybody. <laughs> I'm all like, I'm almost in like our other podcast mood of like, I know. Let's just chat. But we've got business to do today. Yeah. Yeah. Th- we do. Business. We're, we're business people, mm-hmm. even though I did not work today. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. Who needs so to work? You know, if if you all make this podcast go viral, then I'll I know, never have right? to work again a day in my life. So if it's you on you. Can hurry up. <laughs> um, but anyway, welcome to Alive and Well. I'm Mariah. And I'm Michaela. And this is episode four. It's Michaela. This is your episode. I have not looked at the brief, but maybe like 90 seconds. So I'm excited yeah. to talk and learn some things. Um Take it away. This one's a this one's a fun one. I was very much inspired um, from our last episode talking about influencers, mm-hmm. um, and I think that in regards to our audience, there's a lot to talk about um, in terms of like I don't want to say teaching, but just like sharing our knowledge on like how you could be an influencer and how you yeah. like or incorporate that into your business, or how like you irresponsible influencers can be or um again you know we talk about this where like you can take an academic approach um of looking at how all of it works yeah um, and a very critical look of of influencers because there's a lot of really positive things to be said about them but there's a lot of critical things to talk about with them as well so today i wanted to talk about the influencer founder mm. um, that is a phrase that I don't think it's super common I came across it on the internet I don't think it's like taken off but I feel like it will um, or maybe it has taken off and I was just in the wrong corner of the internet <laughs> um, but there's also another name for it called CEO influencers and it's exactly what you would think that would be would be somebody who owns their own business and they are also influencers. Yeah. And that is a really big term because there's a lot of different definitions. Um, maybe not definitions, but like a lot of different like ways that that could happen. Yeah. Um, and so today today we're gonna talk a little bit about that. Um and then I want to talk about how like you're a listener, um you know, we know that we've niched down into the wellness category, but even then we've talked about how big this industry is. So um, for some people, it might be a really good idea for um, you to not touch social media at all. For some people, it might be a good idea to use other people as influencers, or it might be a good idea for you yourself to attempt the influencer route. Um, and so I think there's a lot of questions that business owners might have about how they should themselves personally should be posting about their business. Um, And so I kind of want to talk about ways that each person can um, get get started and how it might, you know, best work for them. Um, I'm not going to go into like tactics of like, Mm -hmm. you should post on Instagram, TikTok, like, it's not really, we can do that later, but this yeah. is more of like, should you even be like doing it or not? Right. Yeah. I think this is really interesting because, so I haven't heard of the term influencer founders or like CEO influencers, but, um, when I teach my students, um, and I, and I teach digital influencer courses, um, we spend a lot of time at the beginning of the course talking about differences, um, 
like definitionally, right? And so mm-hmm. I, in my class and based on my research, break it down by influencer, celebrity, content creator, and entrepreneur. And I think mm-hmm. I might've mentioned this in a previous yes. episode. Yeah. So like just a refresher, if you didn't listen to that one, like most of the time we base it off of how they started and who their audience is. And we have all of these understandings of, you know, here's how maybe someone might move between influencer and entrepreneur, which sounds like this would be the name for it, which I think is really cool and interesting. And I know we're going to talk about um, a little bit about where you might start, right? And and I can maybe touch on those categories throughout this episode um, to give a little bit more insight as we talk about maybe the timeline that somebody takes as um, into account as they kind of decide whether they're going to call themselves an influencer or not. And I think, you know, this is kind of outside of the scope of the podcast also, but like we can talk about self-identification and whether that even matters, right? And I yeah. talk a lot in in the world of content creation and, and especially in the wellness industry, like does your intention actually even matter? Like if you intend to do this one thing, but it's perceived as this other thing, or you intend to be seen as an influencer and you're instead seen as an entrepreneur, like does the perception matter more and how does that impact then your business and your presence digitally? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that will come in, in on this episode. And if it's not, we can always talk about it in the future because I do think intention versus perception is huge here, especially when you're talking about um, building a business in the wellness industry and trying to communicate certain things to your audience um, in a way that is clear and helps to kind of support your intention and then minimizes that risk for, um, misperception. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I love that term influencer founder or like a CEO influencer. Cause I think it does get at kind of these muddy yeah. barriers. They're mud or muddy boundaries rather that we kind of prescribe onto certain people on the internet. So yeah. yay. I'm excited. Me too. Yeah, well, and it's really interesting, um, because of the fact that like when I say influencer founder, you know what I mean? Yes. Because it's so common, Yeah, but we've never really had a word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like I said, I don't know if this word is really going to take off. I saw the phrase and I was like, oh my God, like that's a thing. So I started to search it some more and nothing really came up. So mm-hmm. we'll see if that phrase or term sort of takes off or not. But I yeah. like, I love the fact, like I used it because I think it's nice to have a word for it. Yes. Yes. Helpful. Yeah. And, and the concept of perception is so fascinating. I actually just took a class that talked a lot about perception um, and how we view ourselves as a buyer mm-hmm. and how that dictates a lot of why we buy what we buy. Yes. And I think it's really fascinating to go even more so in that of how we per- perceive ourselves as um, our career and like mm-hmm. Are we an influencer? Are we an entrepreneur? Are we corporate girly, right? Like, yeah, that's really fascinating. And that segues really perfectly into uh, what I'm going to talk about. And one of the stats that I found was that about 85% of social media users call themselves influencers. And there's just something kind of funny about that. Like, (laughs) Brian's making the same face that I made where I'm like, okay, I was like, yeah. who, who, who did you, who did you, who did you survey? 
Okay. Because that feels fake. Okay. I, I don't know. No, no, no. Fake. Like people, like people call themselves influencers. I still don't agree with that really. I think, I think people think that they, well, first of all, this is not like, I didn't have like the most trustworthy source. But I I do think that people think that they're influencers. Okay, I would say if you're trying to be an influencer as a social media user, then you would call yourself one. But like in my research, I feel like there's so many people who are like, I don't want to be an influencer. And this is totally outside the scope of this podcast. So maybe we'll do it under It Burns. But I'm working on a new project right now about, um, you know, the term de-influencing where have you ever heard of this term? Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically like they're saying they're not influencing people by like sharing with them, like cheaper versions of stuff. What they don't like. Correct. And what they don't like. Right. And like what doesn't work, that's not de-influencing. You're just influencing them to not buy something versus buying something. Um, And what's happening is we're seeing these um, smaller companies pop up that are arguing for um, people who are not influencers to create content on behalf of brands and companies. And it's specifically geared toward local businesses. But then what's happening is their whole website is like, here's what we are and here's why we aren't influencers. And therefore they don't disclose partnerships between them and the brands. And it is totally fake and possibly illegal. And so I'm doing this, I'm doing this project and I'm trying to decide if I want to reach out to the founders of this business because it is taking off across the country. They now have like five different locations in, in smaller towns. And like, I know small town business owners do not know about influencer marketing, do not understand the 2015 FTC regulations. Like they don't know anything and they are the ones who will be liable if they have people on the internet who are getting free stuff in exchange for, you know, social media advertisements and then are not disclosing that it was a collaboration. And they're basically arguing because these people don't identify as influencers and because they're getting compensated um, with product or experiences and not money. Therefore, they're not an influencer. So. That is a whole thing that I think we should talk about on It Burns, maybe the next episode, because yeah. it is blowing my freaking mind. Um, and unfortunately, it's not a wellness-based company, so we won't we be able to do it on here. I know, but if you don't follow It Burns in a good way, you should, because maybe that will be, um, actually, it really should be a future episode, because I think it's freaking fascinating. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think like the problem with that, or what I'm seeing in that research, is that people don't necessarily not everybody wants to be seen as an influencer because in my research that's very you know humanities based it's influencers are risky they're narcissistic they're too into themselves they're fake um they don't work quote unquote real jobs um and so they're looked down upon on society as like these kind of people that produce you know feminine hobby work that's not serious and cool like the tech bros of the world um however i think people who like influencer culture even if they're you know aspiring quote unquote would consider themselves to be an influencer now do i think that most social media users have influence totally does that make them an influencer people might disagree with me but i would say no it does not so that sat just kind of surprises me a little bit and i wonder about like who they ended up surveying however 
it wouldn't surprise me if it was like people who were very, very active on social media, even if they aren't like a big name influencer, they would consider themselves to be one. Sure. I'd buy 85%, but like not the average Joe on the street, you know? That's what that's. And like, I, I was just going to say, like, I'm to challenge what you're saying. The people, so the stats specifically states social media users. So yeah. the people who do have a negative view on influencers, sure, may they be people who don't are not on social media at all. Like I, to be honest, I think most people who are not on social media are the type of people who really don't like influencer culture. Sure, right? so sure, that checks out. Um, and to be honest, I don't really have anything to like go off like. I just thought saw that quote and I thought it was kind of funny or like the stat. Yeah. Um, it's just a bit shocking, you know? Well, and and to be honest, I don't think it's accurate, but I do think that the real number is probably pretty close to it because I do sure. think that a lot. And, and then it also begs the question of like, what is an influencer? Yeah. I post things every day and I have friends, friends will comment and be like, hey, like, where'd you get that? Like, I yeah. love this. Like, we're, but work, do the same thing with me. Do I consider myself an influencer? No, my God. Right. My, my own personal definition is, am I getting paid yes. by brands? Yes. Um, and I think that's most. Yeah. Well, so like empirically, empirically, that, that's, yeah. Empirically, that's what yeah. I consider. Like, yeah. I mean, I and I have, would. yeah. And I have, I mean, there's even more like definitionally like, um, okay. If an quote unquote everyday person started a social media platform that gained a whole bunch of followers, right? And a whole bunch is up for debate. What is that? Yeah. Right? It's yeah. totally um liter- up for discussion, but they would gain followers and then they would promote products and services, um, share habits, ideologies, belief systems um, to their followers and typically uh, receive compensation in some form for those promotions. Um, if they're just creating content for education or entertainment and they're not doing sponsored content, um, or if they're creating content on behalf of a brand, I would consider them to be content creators. So photographers, graphic designers, uh, people who are trying to inform other people on particular subjects um, are all content creators, in my opinion. Um, And that can also, you know, toe the line between content creator and entrepreneur. But I would consider influencers to be people who either do work with brands or are actively seeking out work Mm -hmm. with brands um, and started on social media to build up their popularity versus a celebrity who would have started on traditional media. So television, radio, movies, uh, modeling, I would consider all of those to be traditional celebrities that then maybe also toe the line of influencer because the way our culture is. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree that there's a lot of things up for debate about like how you define influencer versus right. not. And also like whether or not you want to use them for your business, you know, yeah. or like become one yourself as part of your business. Well, so that segues into the question and I'm going to like warn you, Mariah, that we, that's, this is not today's topic, but <laughs> what is an influencer versus an entrepreneur? 
And yeah. you and I have had conversations about this. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, I'm pretty passionate and where I stand on that. Yeah. Um, and I think for the most part, we align on our viewpoints. We just have different like ways that we're coming like you're coming from one side and I'm coming oh, from yeah. the other. We meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um but I do think it's important to clarify the difference between the two mm. and point out that not all influencers are entrepreneurs, but many entrepreneurs are influencers. Yeah. They can feed into each other and play into each other a lot, which is really why we're talking about this today. Yeah. Um, and, and so I'm just trying to think of like how much do we want to get into that because it does <laughs> need to be defined like what you just said of like um an influencer versus a celebrity right there's a lot of similarities between the two but a lot of it has to do with what type of media they're on whether it's yeah. traditional or um like contemporary media yeah um and so many times and like we talked about how influencers the way we see it the way a lot of um institutions see influencers as somebody who's being paid mm-hmm. to promote some kind of service how they promote it as an influencer is their own there's this they have their own specific way of doing that and that's right. important to, to distinguish um but the idea is that and this is where it starts to get muddled that influencers are typically working by themselves and they are being paid by other people and they're selling their services. And from a like tax point of view, a lot of the times they're considered contracted. Yes. Um, and, and, and so that's, I think, why a lot of people think that influencers are entrepreneurs. Do you agree? Yeah, I think so. Um, And I think that in theory, that makes sense, right? That like influencers are entrepreneurs because they do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, they don't have to take the fall for anything that that brand or company is doing. They are only in charge of their presence online. And it's also kind of a really precarious place to be in because it's not a guaranteed paycheck, right? Like an influencer is totally at the mercy of everybody else, right? Um, Especially if they are an influencer, like they, so they're at the mercy of the platforms, right? Because no matter what they do, they're trying, trying, trying to be on everybody's for you page on TikTok or get their stuff on the discover page on Instagram and grow their following. If the followers don't like them, they're done because without people who are influenceable, there is no influencer. And then if they don't follow through for a brand or they don't have a personal brand that resonates with, with other companies, they have nothing to promote. And so that's why I think you're seeing influencers realize like, I need to create something else that is sustainable that I have more control over mm-hmm. in order to sustain the influence that I have built, right? Which I think is why you see that one direction, you know, of influencers moving into the entrepreneur space, because 
the way that I've seen it and, and how I argue it. And I still, I've been thinking about this for so many years and I still need to write like an actual academic article on it that makes the argument. But what I'm seeing is influencers start with building a following based on who they are as an individual or the way that they communicate about the world or see the world. Then they create a product and they market that product to their existing base of followers, which basically acts as a consumer base. Like mm-hmm. it's a built-in consumer base, Literally. right? Which is huge for them, right? Um, and then idea. they become like an influence or like a entrepreneur rather. Mm-hmm. But an entrepreneur takes the fall for all content or all um, creation of product services, et cetera, right? They don't have to be front facing. Like they don't have to be the center of the brand. They can be behind the scenes. Sometimes you wouldn't even know who an entrepreneur is. Right. Um, and also I would say that, um, they're looking at the market. They're coming from this space where they are coming from a business perspective. So they are looking at the market, maybe trying to solve a problem, fill a gap, whatever it might be, uh, and then create something and then market it to a desired audience, not having a consistent consistent consumer base. Now, when an entrepreneur becomes popular, I'm sure there are plenty of entrepreneurs who, who have created multiple products and they do have that consumer base. It's like, oh, he created this, then he created this, right? Or she created that thing and then they created this. And so I'm going to continue to purchase from them. That makes sense. But at the very, very start of things, oftentimes an entrepreneur doesn't have this like built in social following that trusts who they are as an individual and, and trusts their, um, sort of judgment in the same way that an influencer does. And I think that's why at the outset, at least influencer founders in that direction, right. Influencers who become founders of companies do really well initially. And then it's kind of, up for debate what happens after those initial drops yeah right so yeah I I think that um a concept that you touched on that I think is really key is the idea that as an intro I'm gonna I was gonna say entrepreneur perfect (laughs) influence newer I don't know influence influence (laughs) newer Sounds like I'm going to say manure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get a tram stamp with influentrepreneur on the back. (laughs) Just throw that out there. So start a trend. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyway. Um, Influencers. I need to bring that thought back. Um, What was I going to say? Influencers tell themselves. Like it is everything is based on their persona Mm -hmm. um and that to me is really the biggest difference because you can sell products as an influencer um whether they're your own products quote unquote or somebody else's products but even when you are selling your own products i don't always consider that to be an influencer i think a really good example that sort of irks me is when an influencer sells their own merch and they think that because they have a product that they are an entrepreneur and <laughs> I had to think about that for a second yeah. Yeah. um but that to me I'm like no 
you're still selling your your persona and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's kind of sad that that has turned into a negative thing. Like we just talked about, there's a lot of people who like have negative connotations with uh, influencers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually think that influencers are more like they're this in between between celebrities and entrepreneurs and I think they lean more towards celebrities where celebrity and I'm thinking more of like actors where like an actor is there to sell themselves as a service that sounds like kind of weird but that's really what they are and that's like I think that's great like we that's a huge part of how our world works right now and like there's literally nothing wrong with it and you can bridge over onto the entrepreneurship like you know what you touched on of you have this built-in audience might as well create a product so let's talk about a couple influencers who who did that I think a really good example is Emma Chamberlain Mm -hmm. Chamberlain coffee um she that product is its own product and I love that she did something that was like personal to her. Like she mm-hmm. talked about how much she loves coffee, but it's not a makeup brand. Like, I don't know. It's just really refreshing when a, you know, an influencer doesn't make their own makeup brand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think that the like tricky part is if you take away Emma, does that product still stand on its own? And I yeah. think that's sort of the litmus test of, is this merch or is this a product right and and yeah if you take emma out of chamberlain coffee you might need to change the name but i've heard such good things about the coffee the branding itself is is really well done it's interesting because um i learned that um she had to do this like i don't know how familiar you are with chamberlain coffee but i wasn't i'm still not really that familiar with it but I learned that she launched it prior to 2020. And at first it was really like neutral colors and like really like, mm. it was like, I, I didn't see it, but I, from what I like guess it was more like what they call now vanilla girl style. Of yes. Like yeah. And like one tones or whatever. Yeah. And it did terribly. Like nobody was buying it. And they did this like huge rebrand in 2020 where like they added all of the different, like, um, like each type of coffee has like an an animal associated with it and they uh-huh. have fun and funky colors, which is much more like how I like see Emma Chamberlain. Maybe yeah. I see Emma Chamberlain that way because of her coffee. Mm-hmm. So I don't know like what that like correlation is for me and my like brain neuro pathway. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I think that is a really, really popular, really common example of a CEO influencer um another one that I immediately thought of that I didn't realize so I started following Mariana Hewitt Mm -hmm. um because she is an influencer and she has this really beautiful just cool girl feed Mm -hmm. and I found out quickly like it didn't take long but I found out after the fact that she was one of the uh, founders of Summer Fridays Mm -hmm which I thought was really cool. And I like loved her even more realizing that, Mm -hmm. Um, but she's a a good one. And then her co-founder Lauren Gores Ireland is also an influencer. Um, And then, you know, I mentioned celebrities and how that sort of comes into play. And I wanted to touch on some celebrities, even though to be clear, celebrities are not influencers. There is 
they've been diagrammed there. There is an overlap there, but yeah. Kim Kardashian and Skims um, is a really great example. Pretty much all of the Kardashian, like 818, mm-hmm. um, they did a good job of creating businesses and products that, again, can stand on their own. Yeah. Um, of course, they have the built-in audience, and that is a big reason why they did well. And so I think the question begs is, um, like, would Skims have done well, or would 818 have done well if I had started it versus yeah. if Kendall Jenner had started it? And I, I think that sort of, I, I have, like, sort of an opinion on that of, I think, if you have enough capital up front you can sell a lot of things oh yeah um and so i i think it's less so that like kim kardashian is selling skins and more so that kim kardashian had the money to immediately put in place the manufacturing the marketing just the execution of such a large-scale brand that not a lot of other people could do yeah she's a huge part of their success and their brand. Um, but I have pieces from Skims because I heard that they were great pieces, not because I want to be like Kim Kardashian. Yeah. I I totally get, I totally get what you're, what you're, you know, saying. And I also think that that is absolutely true because, maybe somebody will buy into skims because of Kim Kardashian, but they wouldn't stick around um, unless the quality was good. The shipping was good. You had customer service that seemed organized, which is because of the capital that she has and the backing that she was, she was able to kind of put forth. Whereas other companies um, oftentimes have a lot of iterations of things that they need to work through and, um, growing pains that they need to, to work on. Um, and I think influencers, especially who don't have a ton of that financial backing. So I'm thinking of somebody who's in kind of the fitness and wellness space. Um, her name is Taylor Chamberlain, not to be confused with Emma Chamberlain. Um, Yeah. And so Balance Athletica was something that they started with their own money Mm -hmm. and they've had um, quite a few iterations and, and um, issues with manufacturing and customer service and quality of, of their pieces. And they've lost people along the way. They um, were called balance. They were sued by new balance. Um, And so now they are called vitality. Um, And so they changed their branding. They changed their name. They tried a swimsuit brand. Now I don't really know what's going on with the swimsuits. Like you can kind of see all this stuff that's, that's happening um, in this space. And the difference between you know, an influencer who's really a celebrity as well, like Kim Kardashian, who really toes that line between kind of an, a mega influencer and a celebrity, right? From from all of the um, Kardashian shows, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But like, that is why I think sometimes influencers who try to be entrepreneurs can really struggle because they don't have that financial backing. A lot of them don't have the business sense and they can't hire somebody because that's a necessary or unnecessary rather expense, or they view it as an unnecessary expense at that particular time. And they're just utilizing their name to, to sell a product to their existing consumer base. 
But if the quality isn't there and they don't have that funding to to ensure that everything goes into place super quickly, they're not going to have consumers long-term. 100%. And I think that that's what another concept that comes into exactly what you just said of, do you want to be the face of your company? Because you can be, and that is an option. Mm -hmm. Many times that is what you should do. And I think it sounds scary and it sounds a little like self-involved, like a little egotistical, but sometimes that is the best thing to do. Um, a good example, and I'm still on the Kardashian thing, is Kylie Cosmetic, Cosmetics. Yeah. One thing that I will say about that, um, and one of the, the other examples I wanted to talk about was Selena Gomez and mm. Rare Beauty. And I think that right now, especially there's a lot of like drama right now with Selena Gomez and like the Kardashians. Oh, yeah. Which, <laughs> what I can't even, whatever. I'm not, no, but I think because that is being talked about a lot, people are talking a lot more about like Kylie Cosmetics versus Rare Beauty and like how they're sort of competitors, but in many ways they're not because they are very different branding and like they yeah. sort of have different audiences. But there's this idea that Rare Beauty really, really stands on its own. And while I mostly agree with that, I will say that they have made Selena Gomez the center of the brand and they've done it so well that it's not overly obvious, but they've developed this perfect ratio of creating content on social media mm-hmm. and where they t- they have Selena in it just enough to like keep people interested, but not too much that it's not only focused on her. Whereas Kylie has really been like truly in the center of every single thing that you've ever seen when it comes to Kylie cosmetics. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I think that it's time for Kylie to pivot. I think people are getting tired of her. And this is a case where um, she utilized that concept and she took advantage of her name, which I totally would have. I have good, there's zero shade in what I just said, but I don't think like a makeup brand does not does not need to have the face to be to do well. Yeah. And so that bugs the question. And now I'm gonna tie it all the way back to our audience and people who have their own business, starting their own business, whether it's small or big, and asking the question of should you within your company or within your wellness brand should you be the face of the company. And I think that the best top of mind thing right now, that to me is a no brainer that your business will probably fail if you're not the face of a company. It depends on the product that you sell and if you are the product. So I I think Mariah, you have some, really great insight on this. And I think a great example would be if you are a local yoga teacher and you want to try to get people to come to your class. I have a friend, she just started her own, it's very small niche um, Pilates. Mm. Uh, not, uh, it's a business, but like she rents out a space at a gym to be her studio, right? So um, how can she bring in customers? She's the only person who's running this this business. She's the only teacher, right? she has to be the face if, if you're a yoga teacher and you want to try to get people to come in that's where you need to be posting on your instagram or facebook or whatever yeah <laughs> yes 
you need to tell people I am teaching this. Come see me. There's a thousand other yoga teachers in the city that you should come see me because I'm the best one that you need to do. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And I think too, you know, if you, if you decide that you are, you know, the face of your company and maybe it is just you, right. And you don't have this, this large team and it is specifically, I think, um, whether or not, I guess it's a digital product or not, but like if you're teaching Pilates or yoga online, of course, it's going to be you. Even if you're teaching inside of a brick and mortar company or a business rather, um, then if it is still you, like it's still you. And yeah. I think part of part of that, right, is kind of that influencer um, thought process, which is how can you make yourself a larger part of why people want to take part in your brand or your company? So as a fitness instructor, right, what makes your classes special? It's, it's you, like your classes mm-hmm. make you special. Every, anybody can go take a Pilates class. Anybody can go take a yoga class, but the way that the teacher presents those classes matters. Right. And so I think what you're selling in part is an experience within fitness that is yours that you offer to other people and whether it's the music or the words that you use like I'm very um, mindful when I teach my classes and I try to put that you know or 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 push that toward my people so they understand kind of my vibe and why I'm here and and what I hope to offer that makes me different from other people um and so yeah it, it's 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 a big part of how can you continue to insert yourself into your company and make sure that whatever you're selling, whatever product or service it is, it fully reflects you and your values and that you're open to sharing more about who you are as a person mm-hmm. um, online or 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 in person and in one-on-one or in, in one-to-many conversations and, and talks and things like that because you want people who identify with you to consume whatever product or service you're offering them, not just that product or service, because you are ultimately what's going to keep them around if you are the face of your company. Right. And I think that it sounds really scary to be the face of your company. And I almost kind of regret like speaking about this right after speaking about Kylie Cosmetics. <laughs> I think you think of like how she's like on billboards and like she's in every single ad possible. Her face, her she's literally, yeah, like literally the face. Yeah, and you don't have to literally be the face, but everything that you just said of like you touch everything. Your personality is part of your brand, and it may not be like the specific service. Like I'm going to use you as an example of like your service is yoga. But the product is you. Yes. Right. And it's so true. You are very mindful. I've taken your classes. Thank you. I can tell like when you do speak and you like go through a flow, it's, it is like Mariah is teaching and, and you are intentional with how you like, and I've seen you like plan, like you plan your Mm -hmm. um, sessions and you plan out like what the focus will be. Like you put so much purpose behind what you do. And so it's really, and you talk about it too. Like, yeah, 
you know, it's not a secret. And so don't, don't make it be a secret, right? If that is the business model that you have, um, yeah, don't make it be a secret. Yeah. And I think too, like there's risks regardless, right? Mm -hmm. Creating a company, becoming an entrepreneur, whether you are starting as an influencer or not, there are always risks. And so I think when you talk about the Kylie cosmetics thing, or like kind of the risks that come along with being the face of your company, it also depends on whether you feel like you're able to pivot and how large your name is because, okay, so take, for example, a lot of people don't know this, I I think, but Legree, which is a style of reformer Pilates that was created by a man with the last name Legree. So like, and, and, and nobody so really, Pilates, right? Right, Pilates. right. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say Pilates and yeah. like, there's so many things that are created that ultimately grow larger than that individual person. And so if you decide that you're going to be the face of your company, because let's say that's all you have right now, right? You don't have a budget to produce a huge team, to pay other influencers or celebrities to market your product. And it's just you and your camera and your product at home. Like that is okay. As long as you're continuing to think long-term and think about how you can expand it outside of yourself. And if you're struggling with that, I think the biggest thing maybe that you could do is just give your company a name that is not your name. And you can still be the face for as long as you need to, and then slowly start to inject other people into it. So for example, my yoga platform is called Sculpt 108. And my name is on the Instagram account. It's all me all the time. I'm alone. There's not really any other team members going on right now. But ultimately, I would like to expand that outward. And this just helps me so I don't really have to change the name if I don't want to. And other people can come into the company. Um, But if I was going to make it, you know, my name, it's just a matter of, okay, how do we expand? What is the game plan in the future? Because I think you always need to be thinking, you know, three, four, five steps ahead. And one of those has to be, how are you going to expand beyond just a company that is your face. And I think like Kim Kardashian has done that really well. Wow, I just sounded really Midwestern right there. Kardashian. Um Northern. Yeah, I'm I'm my the <laughs> Illinoisness is coming out of me right now. Um but I think like it has Kim like skims yeah. in it, but the way that the company markets itself and how they're able to have other models, other spokespeople, the marketing that they are um, producing is not just Kim and it doesn't feel just like Kim. Um, they're able to to move outward a little bit. And I think, again, that comes with the financial backing to be able to do something like that. But as long as you have it in your head, like here's where I'm going to start the company and why I'm going to start it in this space with the resources that I do or do not have, and then how do I expand it outward just to be considering the longevity of your company, of your brand is really important. But I don't always think that longevity equals a brand company and it's only short term if you use your own face. I don't think that's necessarily true. Okay. It's just a matter yeah. of when you ultimately need to pivot, because regardless of what company you are or who the face of your brand is, you will need to adjust throughout what is that? What are those adjustments going to look like? And how do you continue to grow? Um, and, 
and yeah, but I think, I think this question that you have listed of like, how do you decide if you should try to be an influencer alongside your brand? I think that is hard. Well, and that's, that is a bigger question. I think the, the specific, like, are you going to be the face or not? Is a specific, there's a specific like setup where that yeah. makes sense. But then the bigger question is, should you be an influencer? And to me, the answer is yes. Like you should, mm-hmm. if it's possible, if you are the biggest introvert in the world of introverts, and you hate being on social media. Don't like, yeah. don't force yourself to do anything crazy. If you maybe say have a full-time job and go to school and start a podcast, maybe <laughs> if you have the capacity or the time to do it. Right. Yeah. But, um, is this you telling us that the alive and well Instagram is just chilling right now. It's so funny because I was putting this together and I was like, everybody should be an influencer for fan. And I was like, I really need to like take my own advice. (laughs) I suck. (laughs) Do as I say, not as I do. Okay. Like that is my motto. Um, funny, but like, I really should be on there more, but my, if, if you can be online, talking to people about your product you really 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 should be it is a mistake there's something that I learned very early on in my marketing career is to take every single itty bitty opportunity that you can to sell your product not necessarily yeah. sell but just market just talk about your product talk about your brand get it out there mm-hmm. and it adds up it adds up and and especially if you are early on in your business or career um doing those little steps is can't like that can change and you can a year two three years from now you can look back and say wow I'm so glad that you know I only posted a couple times a week but I'm so damn glad that I did that right and I think that is um I think it's key if you can you should be doing it and I also think that another good question to ask yourself um is is you know what is your product what are you selling blah 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 is your product emotional um and I think it uh there might be more times where it is you may think at first think no my product's not emotional I sell fitness Hmm. I'm a personal trainer whatever that is so emotional yeah fitness is so emotional if you do anything in the self-care like realm yes there are so many emotions in wellness um and social media is the place where you can talk about emotions and you can hit on your audience's emotions and i don't want to sound like capitalist Mm -hmm. but emotions sell like they do people are inclined to purchase something when they feel like uh it can you know make an emotion go away or make an emotion be amplified like maybe it's happiness and you want to amplify that emotion right so take advantage of that um that that really is a a really great use case of of why you can be talking about your own personal emotional experience on social media as an influencer and encourage conversations and other people to listen and, and talk about that same product as well and you can influence them to do that yeah i think wellness is a really vulnerable yeah space like anything in wellness is is vulnerable if you're talking about 
Um, even if you consider like, so I have talked to people who consider, um, finance to actually be a wellness category because financial wellness is important, right? How you use your cards, how you think about shopping, right? It totally is. And so I think anything, I mean, financial wellness, spiritual wellness, physical wellness, mental Mm -hmm. wellness, like technically we've talked about this in past episodes, like beauty and skincare is part of wellness. Like Mm -hmm. there are so many um, pieces and so many niche corners of the wellness industry, but all of it requires a level of vulnerability on behalf of the consumer. And so I think because if somebody has the self-awareness to say, you know, this is where I'd like to improve, for example, um, if we, if we put in those, um, you know, theories of restoration and enhancement, right. Trying to figure out, it's always coming from the space possibly of like, what can I do better? How can I be better? And sometimes that can be kind of negative, but like, if you're able to share yourself as the producer of something, of the content, of the product, um, of the service and, and level with your consumer on these specific areas of vulnerability that they might be experiencing, that's huge, right? Um, as an entrepreneur, being able to put yourself in the shoes of the consumer and then show them that you either are or have been in their shoes before you will be more successful, I think. Right. Um, and I, I think going into it saying, you know, what are my ethics and morals? What do I believe in? Why did I create what I created? Why does this matter to me? And why should it matter to you? A huge part of that requires you to to share more about your life. Even if you're not an influencer, like think about how many businesses have like an about me page that's all about the creator of the thing, right? Like that human connection is so important um, to to longevity of the brand, to, to make people feel intimately connected to you. I think it's so true what you said about um, emotions, being this main driver of um, purchasing intention um, and also just like experiences and understanding the world. Um, we're really, really driven by how we're feeling and how we think that a product or service might make us feel or the way that we see ourselves reflected in it. Um, and so I don't necessarily, well, I don't want to say you can't go wrong because that's false because you totally can. And I think eventually we'll talk about the risks um, a little bit more in detail about just like what you should be mindful of if you're talking about your product specifically on on social media or, or building your brand online, um, how you could maybe avoid some of those pitfalls that people tend to fall into uh, within the wellness industry. And one of those I think will be the next episode. Um, I'm going to come on and, and my episode for the week will be all about different constructs within credibility and how you as an entrepreneur, um, as an influencer in, in the wellness space can build and maintain your credibility through very specific tactics. Uh, and that will, I think, help reduce the risk of consumers coming at you, uh, encourage or, um, rather what's the word I'm looking for, um, consumers who are trying to criticize you for, possibly uh sharing misinformation or accusing you of sharing misinformation or or doing something wrong i think building up your credibility and learning how to maintain it long term is really really important in wellness uh specifically i think we're just seeing an increase in consumers who want to buy products from reliable people who mm-hmm. do have a background um 
and have a certain level of expertise and are sharing that expertise openly, right? We'll talk about this this trick um, or this, this tactic called the authoritative share, which is um, one of my theories that I am currently um, trying to publish uh, with that regard and kind of talk about how you can share with authority um, and still be, be an influencer that is um, meeting your consumers where they are and capitalizing on the vulnerability. So see, well, and you know, it's, it's really hard to be vulnerable in a website or an ad. Like it's really hard to, to replicate that beyond being an influencer. Yeah. So true. That's so cool. I'm so excited for the next episode. And this sort of wraps up what I'm talking about. I think in summary, talk, think about being the face of your company. It's It doesn't need to be a big, huge thing. It's not as scary as it sounds. If it makes sense, you should do it. If, and if you have the, the capacity to um, try to promote yourself as your own brand on on social media you should absolutely be doing doing it and take advantage of it and uh, capitalize on a free tool that um could could like completely change the way you do business so yeah i encourage everybody to really really consider that i know it's hard i know it's scary trust me i know (laughs) you both know um but there's a lot of opportunity there and yeah, I'm really excited to dive into the next episode too. Yeah, let us know if you have questions on this. I think it'd be really fun to to talk to people about how you can sort of make that transition to be a more public facing person um, as an entrepreneur and, and being sort of more of the face of your brand and communicating who you are as a person. I think it'd be really fun to, to dig more yeah. into like, not just the what, right? But the how wow. we are able to do this. I think that would be such a, a wonderful thing to talk about and answer questions that the people who are listening actually have. And so always remember you can follow us on Instagram. Everything is in uh, the description for the episode below. And feel free to send us DMs anytime with questions. We'd love to just do um, a Q&A eventually in the future as people start to kind of ask us questions. Um, and you know, as always, we're trying to be present over there on Instagram. So give us a quick follow. Um, Go check out It Burns in a Good Way if you haven't listened to the February episodes. There will be episodes up there uh, again later in March. And we really hope that you will share this podcast with your friends, uh, rate it five stars, and we will hopefully see you in the next one. Thank you, everybody. Okay, bye.